Greetings, dear Earth family. Welcome to Ascension Stories. Today we have Xenia. She is a astrologer of 12 years and has a substantial YouTube following. And I would like to welcome her first. Hi, Xenia. Hi, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Down here in Australia, where um, I'm coming from, um, it is a glorious day. And today we're actually celebrating Anzac Day, which is uh, the remembrance of uh, a battle that was fought in World War One. So we're all on holiday in Australia today and everybody in Australia loves holidays. So <laughs> it's happy times. Well deserved. Yes. You guys are, I feel like, I don't know, in a way, pioneers energetically personally quite, speaking quite possibly yeah yeah the australia just sorry to dive straight into astrology but as you mentioned that the chart of australia has a lot of indicators for a pioneering spirit so as does the american chart as well so yes. yeah very true both of us yeah making the way making it exactly happen. so uh tell us a little about yourself so um, thank you for the lovely introduction as well. I, I am an astrologer. I've been practicing astrology uh, for many, many years now. Um, and I've begun a YouTube channel in 2017 that has um, been such a delight to me where I, I give forecasts every week for each sign and I share a lot of astrological knowledge in sort of teaching sessions as well. So uh, it is my passion. My passion um, is to share the knowledge of astrology with people so that they can be empowered to know themselves better and that they can live you know more full and rich lives because we are functioning as I'm sure you know in an energetic universe and astrology is energy so if we can understand how those energies are working and interacting with us and I believe we're vessels of energy, then we can make wiser choices for our life and end up living more fulfilled experiences here on earth based on an understanding of who we are in an energetic universe. So that's really where I'm coming from with the astrology that I practice. Um, I have a website where I do readings for people. I have a couple of other astrologers who work for me there. I also have a past life regressionist and a tarot card reader who uh, also collaborate with me. And so we have, um, have a lot going on through my website, but it's great fun and it's great to be a part of the awakening community. Yes, thank you so much for, for uh, letting us know some of the details and thank you so much for being part of the, um, yeah, the awakening community. We are so important. Um, yeah. We, yeah, we are holding the keys technically to our sovereignty, to our freedom oh, as so a collective. True. Yeah. So true. And it's an exciting time. As we were talking before we started this recording, it's a very exciting time to be alive and see many people uh, awakening to truths that have been hidden for thousands of years. Um, and, and things are coming to light now in ways that they haven't before. So even though these times are difficult, we're seeing so much uh, knowledge come into the public domain. And, uh, and that's just exciting to see and to be a part of, I've got to say. Astrology and astrological knowledge is a part of that awakening process too so as is your work that you do so very exciting thank you so much um so i heard a quote and i'm going to just paraphrase it something along the lines of uh it, that it isn't millionaires that are that follow astrology it's billionaires because oh. <laughs> like that's true it's all that's it's all energetic and you work with the energies you work with the cycles so yeah. it's like if you're smart enough you understand that you should pay attention to that kind of thing. Very important. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. What is um, not commonly known, like uh, uh, I was raised in a literalist Christian family where astrology was demonized and it was, you know, absolutely forbidden. You were going to hell if you practiced astrology. And that's a, that's a message that's been put out there by the church with an agenda behind it because the church, particularly the Catholic church, 
utilizes astrology more so than any other organization on earth except for maybe wall street and so you know it's it's been a mechanism for them to gain the power that they have over people right now um through you know religion and what have you and yet they're denying people through the condemnation of astrology the ability to access that powerful tool themselves so um so yeah i'm sorry i don't know how i got onto that tangent but (laughs) but it is um yeah and 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 so it's it to me it's so exciting to see people embracing astrology because there's been a resurgence of astrology in the world particularly since pluto moved through the sign of scorpio and um and um a lot of the millennial generation were born with pluto in scorpio as i believe you were uh just checking your chart here while we chat <laughs> no pluto was almost in scorpio when you were born so it's the generation sort of coming after you and they're really really keen on astrology and excited by astrology and so um, again there's that wakening up to these ancient truths that is coming through that uh that energetic cycle Beautiful. I love it. I had no idea that Wall Street used astrology. Yeah, Yeah. they do. They do. Financial astrology is really, really um, fascinating and quite a complex component of astrological research. Yeah. Um, And so, um, yeah, like you said, the, 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 the billionaires use it. Um, And there are combinations that you can have in your chart that indicate being a billionaire, um, obviously Bill Gates has that combination. Here's one example, but basically you, you can't be a billionaire almost without it. You know, it's the conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto that causes that to be the case. If you've got that in the birth chart, you are very likely to have um, financial success in the world. And interestingly, we had a conjunction of Pluto and Jupiter last year. So let's see in about 20 or 30 years time, if there's a brand new bunch of uh, billionaire millionaires on the horizon that are you know going to take over from the old billionaire set perhaps (laughs) but yeah the the financial astrology as you're alluding to is very very interesting as is the way the church uh, has used astrology as a, a power mechanism so it is used in these high levels the royal families they all use astrology um princess diana actually had uh, a personal astrologer who, and this is just an interesting bit of gossip, if you like, but her personal astrologer has been um, uh, discredited or um, she's lost her, her certification as an astrologer because she reve- she went to the media and revealed a lot of stuff about Princess Diana. So there's the, the lack of client discretion there. Um, but yeah, Princess Diana was an absolute um advocate for uh, astrology or lover of astrology as are all the royal family they all have their particular astrologers that work for them and there's a lot of privacy and security around those things and who who's advising who but yeah it's prolific yeah thank you for all that info love <laughs> all the goss <laughs> i love it i love it i love i love knowing understanding seeing more of the 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 big picture beautiful mm, mm. So, and that's um, what astrology does natasha i'm sorry I, I get really passionate about astrology but that's what it is it's revealing the big picture because it's it's looking at the universe at a at its largest scale and how that interacts with us it's the the macrocosm and um and the influence of the macrocosm on the microcosm so it's it's very exciting um field yeah big picture i love it how do you feel about those people that that um you know i'm all about self-empowerment all about it obviously you know uh, sovereignty self-empowerment you know not having people have influence on us you know as sovereign beings and everything but then i feel like there's people that out there that take a little too a little too far and they try to deny the existence of of uh, the influence these extremely mm-hmm. large energetic bodies have on yeah. us how do you feel about yeah. that i think it's Really? You know what? Well, yeah, it it breaks my heart actually yeah. because it's really sticking your head in the sand about um, truths that are out there. And I know that, uh, like a, a lot of this sticking their head in the sand is coming because of what is considered mainstream acceptable scientific knowledge. And so, you know, they're they're doing what they think is right. They're doing what they think is truth. Um, and I guess, look, when it boils down to it, each to their own, as we were, again, talking before we, we jumped on the record, um, 
everybody wakes up in their own good time, don't they? Everyone sees the truth in their own good time. And quite frankly, when I was a literalist Christian, um, I was very adamantly against astrology myself until I went through a crisis in my life. I went through a divorce and became a single mother. And um, I was like, why did this happen to me? You know, how come I'm, uh, I'm in this position when I've done everything right? You know, I've, you know, made the, the wise choices and been a good girl and done things by the book and, and it hasn't worked out for me. Why? And it was only going through that dark night of the soul experience that I realized there's more to life than what we see or what we're told or what we're conditioned to believe. And, and as I looked into things and, and started to explore astrology because I thought, hmm, there might be something in this that might give me an answer that I haven't got previously in all the things I've been exposed to in my life. As I did so, I did find answers. I found that everything began to add up and make sense when I started seeing it through the lens of astrology. And um, one of my favourite astrologers, he, um, I'll just quote him, Stephen Forrest is his name, and, and he says that um, he's never yet met anyone who doesn't believe in astrology who actually knows anything about it. And I, I think that's so true. The people who decry it or the people who don't understand that energetic bodies are having an influence on us here on earth, they actually haven't really looked into it. Because once you do, it's undeniable. You know, you, you, you cannot not believe once you really do the research and come to understand what astrology is truly all about. I mean, seriously, Natasha, all, all we have to do is to go out and sit on a beach on a summer's day and, you know, there all afternoon, if we don't put sunscreen on, we come home and we know that there's an energy <laughs> interacting with us right there. Our skin is red and we're burnt to a crisp, or I am. I have very pale English skin, so I get burnt when I'm out in the sun. And there's an energetic interaction already. I mean, um, we are discovering all the time new means of energy in the universe, radio waves, microwaves, etc. Um, and these are changing our lives. What have we yet to discover that the planets are generating an influence upon us here on Earth? I mean, we, we're on a, a, a as, as a collective of humanity, on a, pro, a progression towards more understanding all the time of how the universe works. And I think it's a matter of time before science catches up with what astro astrology already knows. I mean, we see the effects of the astral energies. We just haven't learned how to measure them yet scientifically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just because we can't uh, physically see something like a sunburn uh, yeah. doesn't mean it's not there. Excellent. We don't see them, but there is a, there is a physical difference. But there is plenty of other things that we don't see. Yes, exactly. Wind we don't see, but obviously there is wind because because the trees are swaying, the leaves are That's moving. Right. And there's obviously UV rays that we can't see, but it's having an effect on our skin, you know. Um, and there are other energies that are having effect on our psyche, on our uh, life experiences, on you know um, our our personality. Like it's it's so deep and rich astrology. So I'm I'm waxing lyrical about how much I love it but I do because it influences every area of, of our lives and of society I mean there's a lot of specialists in astrology there's obviously financial astrologers working for Wall Street who um, are specialized in the financial side but there's medical astrology relationship astrology there's karmic astrology there's people who've done research by regressing their clients as a past life regressionist and and just you know, gathering information of what people generally see when they've got a chart configuration like X, Y, or Z, yeah. um, and correlating past life regression experiences to what is showing up in the chart. Karmic astrology is um, very fascinating. I love it. Yeah. But I could go on and on. There's just so many um, broad fields of astrology that you can apply to any and every area of life. For sure, for sure. Uh, looking forward to touching upon the subject of karmic astrology. But first, mm -hmm. I really would like to hear your awakening journey, your ascension journey. Yeah, well, um, I've kind of touched on it a little already. Um, I, I was raised in a Christian family and it was a loving family, beautiful family. I, I'm very grateful for my childhood. You know, not everybody gets to have a, a blessed childhood and I consider that I did. And, and because I did, I probably stayed in the, the mindset of very dogmatic literalist Christianity for a lot longer than maybe other people would. I was around um, 34, 35 when um, everything changed for me. 
um, probably around the age of 29, actually, I started to question things. And then that sort of went on for a couple of years. And then I sort of made the break. Um, but I, like I'd been to Bible college and have a degree from Bible college amongst uh, a couple of other degrees that I have as well. And I was passionate about Christian Christianity and and faith and I've always had this um, a belief system and a, and a belief in a higher power or um, you know the, the wisdom of the universe like that that's always been there ingrained in me um, and so I'm grateful for what that uh, that upbringing where I was allowed to practice a faith and allowed to explore a faith I'm grateful for that I just feel that some of what I was taught probably a lot of what I was taught was was um, quite brainwashed um, kind of perspectives on the world and um, and we weren't really encouraged to explore other options and that I think is sad I think people should be able to um, discover for themselves you know what is truth for them and and go down whatever path that happens to be that their soul desires be it a religion or be it you know exploring new age subjects or Gnosticism or esoterica whatever is um is quite a, an important thing for every human uh to to experience because that's how we learn and that's how we grow so it wasn't until I was around 29 and um I happened to be watching a BBC documentary called Son of God and it was a, a secular documentary um trying to explain the life of Jesus and um not sort of trying to um prove whether he was a real person or not but just saying well look this is what life would have been like back in the day and if Jesus did exist then this would justify it and this would justify it and so on um, and in this documentary the the presenter talked about the 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 in the bible the star of Bethlehem and how it was um, leading the wise men to find Jesus and he was going he, he presented the the argument that the wise men were not um not just kings that happened to jump on their camels and trot across the desert following a star that was just bobbing along, you know, and the, the star was not a comet and so on. He presented the argument that the wise men who came from the East were actually astrologers who knew the sky, watched the skies, understood the movement of the planets and the cycles of the planets and the combinations. And they realized that in their research that come a certain date there was going to be a very important configuration um, that uh, presented itself in the sky. We're having a very important configuration presenting itself in the sky right now. Um, you may have heard of the, the planet, planetary lineup that's occurring in the sky. We have um, Venus, Mars, um, Jupiter and Neptune and the moon, as we're recording this, currently all in the sign of Pisces lining up in a row. And that's that hasn't happened since I think 10,000 and something or other, like, you know, a thousand years ago. It's so rare to have this um, planetary lineup. And this is the kind of thing that the wise men observed was happening um, uh, at the time Jesus was born. And this is what this documentary presented, that there was a, a very rare planetary configuration and lineup. And so the astrologers knew this is special. Whoever's born under this energy is going to be uh, living a rather profound life. And so it was in the, that knowledge that the wise men who came from the East, in, according to the Bible, then realized, okay, so Bethlehem is where this is going to be viewed most powerfully, where the, the, the energy of this alignment is going to be particularly strong. Because just, so, just to give you a bit of Astrology 101, um, astrology, astrology is very locationally dependent. Wherever you are uh, affects how the planets can configure. And um, it's very geocentric. Your place on the earth influences how the planets play out for you. So they realized Bethlehem was going to be significant and therefore they traveled to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus. Now, this to me was brand new a brand new idea I had never ever considered that astrology would be something so historic so complex so significant and the very fact that biblical it, it's biblical oh all the bible all the bible is is astrological which I never knew right. and so this documentary just really caused me to think oh hang on maybe there's something in this astrology stuff that I've been missing all these years taking the bible literally when I, I should have actually been seeing it astrologically and so from that point I started researching 
And the more I researched, the more truth I found. And then, as I said, um, I hit a rough patch in my life where my marriage fell apart and I began to question. And once again, the, the truths that were in astrology really um, hit home. But when I came to know my astrology chart, um, Natasha, I, it was amazing to me. I realized this was part of my destiny all along was to understand astrology and that I'd probably done it in a past lifetime or many past lifetimes. Um, it's something that has, have. yeah, it's something that's just come naturally. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was just part of the mission for me here in this life. And so the waking up process, the ascension process was to just get back to myself, back to who I probably have always been. Um, and, and that's the, the universe just aligned certain experiences to help me get there. And one of those experiences was the hardship of being a single mom and being divorced. And so, you know, I, that in itself gave me a, a great awakening that our, our dark nights of the soul, our difficulties, our, our hurdles of which the the earth is going through right now big massive one um these things are actually designed for to to help us if we work with the them you know wisely you know um by looking for the truth within what's going on and so I'm very grateful that I went through that hardship even though it was terrible at the time I'm very grateful because it led me to a place of enlightenment and I just I wouldn't want to go back to who I was before, not for not for all the peace and calm and, you know, relationship happiness and having had the, the nuclear family, you know, without having this knowledge, without having this awakening and this new lightness of being that it's brought me, you know, all, all the other things are immaterial compared to what it's brought me and the wisdom and the freedom that it's liberation is the best word that it's brought me. So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there, there's, there's so much uh, liberation once you get to know yourself, once you step, step up. Exactly. I mean, that's why Plato advocated that know thyself is, is one of the, the, the most um, profound things a human can do with their lifetime is to get to know who they are in the world. Um, and in fact, I think Plato might have stolen that uh, saying off the Temple of Apollo at Delphi, but, um, but it's still a good adage, you know. <laughs> probably did <laughs> you know, he might have been just like hey did you know and then they were yeah. like I'll oh, we'll you on that and he was like oh. that's right <laughs> yeah exactly I'm sure that's what happened I'm sure <laughs> so um yeah let's get back to karmic astrology and mm. uh it's part of the research and the research involved in, into the whole thing like yeah well there's there's an amazing astrologer named Patricia Walsh she she works in a field called evolutionary astrology that's that's a type of astrology that I'm particularly fascinated by and in fact most of my astrological teachers have come from that tradition um and and evolutionary astrology really got its um got going in the in the sort of 60s and 70s actually so it's a fairly recent um uh, brand of astrology but it, it draws on very very ancient truths and as I said um, Patricia is a past life regressionist and an astrologer and so she regressed thousands of clients and uh, you know have you ever had, you've had a past life regression before oh, Natasha yeah yeah, well, yeah. I actually provide those services myself you do. that's yeah. right sorry ignorance there yes you do I saw that on your website yeah it's been a while since uh since I finally made this happen so yeah that's good. right yeah, love it. Yeah. So so you'd love Patricia's book. It's called Understanding Karmic Complexes, where she describes what people are seeing in oh. their past lives and and how that corresponds to, to certain positions of planets in the chart. In evolutionary astrology, they believe that every planet tells a story of an evolutionary journey that the soul is on. Um, just a little bit of astrology 101. Each planet represents something about us and something about our lives for example venus goddess of love venus represents relationships to in, in a person's chart mars is sex and passion and desire mercury is our intelligence and our ability to communicate and to think well the moon is our emotions the sun is our confidence and so on and so on every planet represents a certain facet of who we are and in evolutionary astrology every planet represents 
um, an evolutionary journey with a certain theme. So for example, Mercury is what we're here to evolve with over many lifetimes regarding our knowledge and regarding our ability to communicate and speak and write and so on. Venus, obviously, the journey of our, our soul with relationships. And if we think about it, and I'm probably going to go off onto a really big tangent here, so brace yourself. <laughs> but um, but you, I believe that the sun is in a binary system with the fixed star Sirius, and it's a roughly 26,000-year cycle, the, the um, um, precession of the equinoxes is what we're talking about here. Um, but but it, it is believed that when the sun and Sirius are in their closest proximity to one another, then Mankind is in the golden age. You know, we are, our level of consciousness is at its highest state. We're using 100% of our brains. We can interact telepathically with one another. We, we may even be able to dematerialize matter and rematerialize it how we want to. And maybe that's how they built the pyramids. Um, you know, there, there is this higher state of being for humanity when we are in the golden age. But unfortunately for us, <laughs> Natasha, that golden age occurred about 12,000 years ago and we're in the lowest point right now because the sun and Sirius are at their furthest um, apart and therefore we're at our lowest level of consciousness we only use 10% of our brain just look at what's happening in the world war um, you know manipulation coercion greed uh, need I go on you know we are in this low vibration right now because the the two energies that have a bearing on this the sun and Sirius are so far apart but fortunately thank god we're on the ascension <laughs> process back up to the golden age again you know but i think being... like it's actually kind of a good thing that we're in the lowest because that's where the dark night of the soul happens so it's actually yes. good for evolution that is that's that is so true and and um i'm so glad you said that because we're not just looping around and around we're spiraling up right. So every time we go back to the golden age as a collective and through our reincarnational experiences, every time we go back to the golden age, it's a little bit more enlightened. It's a little bit more empowered. It's a little bit greater than the time before. So I love that idea. But if we look at things ever in an evolutionary sense, we've just been through a two to 4,000 year period as a collective of humanity where we've been in some really excuse my language, but really shitty times, um, you know, and, and therefore our souls have been wounded. You know, you've just got to incarnate once on earth to really have a, a sense of some sort of trauma. Um, and when you've been through this Kali Yuga, as it's called, the low age, then the soul is going to be impacted relationally, um, emotionally, mentally, etc. And so part of our purpose on earth right now is to heal those wounds in, and, and move step by step back to a greater sense of being, a greater sense of empowerment with each subsequent incarnation. So when I do an, a karmic astrology reading for somebody, I'll be looking at, okay, well, what were these wounds, you know, that, that may have been experienced? What, were the, what was the nature of these wounds um, in our recent incarnational experiences that you are now trying to grapple with as a soul in this lifetime and heal yourself? from and how can you heal yourself what are some ideas what are some remedies so um that's how karmic a, a karmic astrology reading works and that's the premise or the basis that it's coming from it's quite fascinating but yes back to patricia most of my um information is drawn from her work as well as the workers of uh, other evolutionary astrologers who are seeing each planet as a representative of a journey of our soul with a certain facet of our lives wonderful i love it um yeah, I need to read her book. You would love it. It's really great. Mm. Kind of mm. add a add a little more, an extra layer to to my understanding. Absolutely, absolutely. It would really be uh, like she lectures as well. I think around the United States, and I've been itching to be able to get over there to go to one of her um, her sessions. So she's certainly worth looking up, and she has a great website. But you would love it. Yeah, I definitely, definitely. For sure. So I would also love to know about the features in the chart that show why the healing practices are, are important part of the journey. 
Oh, okay. Well, like there are in Vedic astrology, um, they, Vedic astrology is very big on offering remedies. So as I said, there's different branches of astrology and the Vedic astrology it actually comes out of a very ancient tradition um, that's about 2000 years old. And that more than any other branch of astrology, the Vedic system likes to offer remedies because, and their belief is that everything is energy, but there's only a certain amount of energy that is available, so to speak. So for, for example, Saturn. Saturn is a planet in the chart that represents where we have fears and blockages based on perhaps traumatic past life experiences. So let's say you were, you were standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon in a past life, looking out and, and you know enjoying how glorious it was, but all of a sudden you slipped and you fell and plummeted to your death at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, how tragic. Then you reincarnate. And for reasons you can't explain in that lifetime, you're petrified of heights. You won't go out on a balcony. You hate high-rise buildings. You're scared of heights. Why are you scared of heights? Because you've got this psychological boundary or fear that according to astrology Saturn puts in place because he's the planet of fears and blockages he puts it in place so that we don't repeat the same mistake again we don't go getting too close to the edge of the Grand Canyon and falling off so Saturn is fears and blockages and I've kind of lost a bit of my my where I was heading with that um yeah so so remedies that's right so Saturn puts fears and blocks in our life. And, and so we realize when we look at Saturn's placement, okay, there's going to be a fear or a blockage or some sort of restriction in our life regarding maybe it's children, regarding romance, or it might be regarding a career or something like that. How can we get rid of this, this limitation in our life that we really don't want to be there? And Vedic astrology offers in this example of Saturn, a couple of remedies. Basically, the remedy for Saturn placements is to um, to do an exchange with Saturn, so to speak. Like there's only so much energy of restriction and blockage that's flowing to us, that's present with us. And so we can say to Saturn, you know, Saturn, you're putting this, this restriction, this blockage in this certain area of my life, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to choose to restrict and block something of my own accord, my own free will. So maybe every day, uh, not every day, every Saturday, Saturn's day, um, I'm going to not have caffeine, no coffee for me, no tea, no chocolate. I'm going to fast from coffee. Or I'm going to fast from a meal or I'm going to fast or restrict or block social media or I'm not going to have a sleep in on a Saturday morning. I'm going to make sure I'm up at six o'clock and go for a jog every Saturday. I'm going to choose Saturn to restrict something and block something in my life. So you direct, you have to direct the energy of blockage into what I choose and therefore, the idea is you will release what is what you are automatically restricting and blocking in my life that I don't want you to restrict or block. Does wow. that make sense? Totally makes sense. I love that. I mm. wow. I, I do that to myself all the time. I make sure I have like little patterns, little set limitations, etc. Okay, taking my yeah. power. Good. Yeah, and it is. It's taking your power back. That's so so true. So that's one of the Vedic remedies for Saturn. There are other remedies to Saturn is service. So if we um, if we can offer service to the realm of life where Saturn sits in our chart, then we're actually channeling the good energy of Saturn more than the difficult energy of Saturn. Mm -hmm. So I have Saturn in my fifth house of children. I actually consider that being a single mum has been very much for me, my act of service to alleviate Saturn karma certain blockage certain difficulties and it certainly has worked that way so um, that's just one example by serving my children or you might you know if you had it in the fifth house you might um, raise money for a children's charity or something of that nature would be an act of service to fifth house themes i.e children so it all depends on where Saturn sits in your chart there are other remedies that um Vedic astrology uses such as the use of crystals for different planetary energies, um, different foods that you eat, colors that you wear, um, you know, that sort of thing. But, but basically the premise is it's energetic. You know, if I am just, let's say I'm wearing rose quartz, which is a Venus related um, crystal. Um, then the idea is that if I've got limitations or difficulties with the Venus energy in my chart, by wearing rose quartz, I'm amplifying the good stuff, the good energy of Venus, because Venus rules 
rose quartz. So it's all about balancing energies through these remedies that help our soul to rise and to feel more alive. That's that's the the premise or the theory. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, so I know there's, uh, I mean, are there differences? Well, there are differences. What are the differences between the Western uh, astrology and Vedic <laughs> astrology? I feel like us Westerners are very confused about this. I know I am. Yeah, of course. Look, I probably the next 24 hours try to explain all the differences. Um, but the, the number one difference between Vedic or astrology is how they utilize the chart. Um, so the um, in Vedic astrology, they use something called sidereal astrology, which is uh, viewing the, the actual placement of the stars and the planets in the sky. That's what sidereal astrology generally in a very basic nutshell is in western astrology we use something called the tropical system and it's based on the the um the placement of the right this where the sun is rising at the time of the spring equinox and and that's what actually stonehenge um may have functioned as a something of a calendar to determine okay well where are we processionally the sun is currently rising in the sign of um uh, of Aries at the spring equinox um, on the 21st, uh, I think it's the 21st of, um, of March every year in, uh, in Aries. But 2000 years ago, it was not that way. It was rising in um, the sign before in, in um, Pisces. So, uh, and I might have that wrong. I've just got to, my, my head's just not, the gears aren't turning properly. So I might have the, the sign wrong just off the top of my head. But that is that is what um, astrology is. Uh, Western astrology is basing its um, understanding of is where are the, the planets located according to the sign or the configuration that is the spring equinox where the sun is rising at the spring equinox. So it's tropical astrology is seasonal is probably how to put that in a nutshell. So that's the difference. And there's about a 23 degree difference between what the Vedic astrologers use and the Western astrologers use. And to be quite honest, I am sure, Natasha, I haven't made that any clearer for anybody who is, is wanting to know, but it is quite a complex topic. And it's a much argued over topic in astrological circles, which one is right and which one is, um, is false. The truth be told, um, we're not going to really have a clear, concise understanding of which one's right or wrong, probably for another 100 or 200 years or so, once the distance between the two charts or the two ways of configuring the chart increases out beyond, say, 30 degrees, and then things are going to be clearer which one's working and which one's not. I utilise personally um, the, the tropical system, and I, I have various reasons for that that I could go into you know a long tirade about um, but by the same token I'm fascinated by visual astrology which takes uh, you know it looks at what is actually happening in the sky like for example in ancient Babylon they used the visual astrology as well Mars when it is bright red in the sky is indicative according to ancient Babylonian astrology of um, there's going to be a lot of anger, maybe some war that breaks out if Mars is in its very red stage. But when Mars is just sort of a, a little blinking planet, then he's not so aggressive. Mars is the god of war, obviously. Um, so you can only observe that not on a computer calculated chart, but when you go and stand out in the night sky and look at, okay, well, what does Mars look like here? Um, so a lot of the very ancient Babylonian astrology was based on, oh, is, are there clouds over the moon right now? What does that mean? Um, is Mars red? Um, you know, how bright is Jupiter? That sort of stuff. So there are many differences between the fields of astrology um, and Vedic to Western mostly is based around what I've just described, sidereal um, versus tropical. There are other things too, but that's probably the biggest difference. Wonderful. 
So next, I would like to ask about how astrology is a powerful tool to help people know them, themselves, embrace their truth, be at peace with their writing, um, be at peace with wiring, and access the highest version of themselves. Well, that's that's a big question. Do you know what? I'd like to answer that by maybe looking at your chart, Perfect. and we can give we can give an illustration that way of how it can be enlightening and empowering to help understand who we are in our journey. So what I might do, I'm just going to share the screen. I'm always very, very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no. When somebody does my chart, I don't know why, but I, I just, you know, different perspectives and everything. I love it. And as a matter of fact, when I was younger, because um, as much of an emotional human that I am, I'm also very, very uh, logical. And that logical part of me was like, well, you know, uh, all these different uh, personality traits could be, you know, with everybody. So like, to me, it was just like, you know, just these reasonings. And then I had my astrology chart uh, read when I was 21, I believe. Oh, and, nice. and, you know, I, I was like, well, see, that's my point like yeah maybe a little bit but for the most part no but that was because I was so divorced from who I really was I was suppressed so hard as a child that not at all did that match so when when my friend was telling me about like I'm meant to be a leader that I was just like no <laughs> furthest from the truth and then you know as as I got older and kind of stepped up into that role I was just like interesting it was true. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things um, that, that needs to be noted uh, about life and about astrology is that we are still evolving beings. Just because we've got a certain configuration of our chart doesn't mean that we are going to stay stagnant and stuck in that chart forever. It, um, according to one of the theories uh, of um, evolutionary, not evolutionary, um, Vedic astrology, we're actually moving and progressing into something called the ninth divisional chart which is the energy we're going to embrace in our next lifetime and uh and so we're, as we move through this this incarnation we're gradually evolving 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 into this ninth divisional chart energy which is who we're going to become so um, you know, who you are in your earliest childhood, it's not obviously who you're going to, the same kind of personality and person you're going to be at 30, at 40, at 50, because we change. So that's if that you is, were suppressed, you're nowhere absolutely. near. Yeah, absolutely. I, so this is exciting to me. Um, I mean, your ascension story must be really something um, worth hearing because, oh, wow. you know, if, if you had so much suppression, then the waking up to who you are and the waking up to, um, your truth must have been quite profound as well. Yeah, pretty much. And isn't it interesting how my chart, is it only, I think, five, in five consecutive signs? Let me have a look. Let me share it here. We'll uh, share. Can you see that on the screen? Is, isn't that weird how, how like the rest of the chart is empty? And mm -hmm. to me, when I saw that, I was like, so what does this mean? I'm lacking all these other energies and I have to like learn really hard, which kind of, kind of completely made sense to me in a way, because there was so much from who I was that I was missing. Like there's yeah. so many things that I just didn't understand and I had to learn really hard to get yeah. <laughs> lots of life lessons. Well, you know, what you've got going on here, um, if you can see the chart, Natasha, um, you've got, as you said, all the planets are falling in this sphere of the chart. And this is known as a, a, a bucket or a basket, not a bucket, a basket shape or a, uh, no, bowl shape, a bowl shape. You can see it's kind of like that. There's no sort of handle or anything going out into this area of the chart. But what this means when they all these energies of planets are only in this side, this this half it means that you actually have a great deal of free will that you can apply to your life you know you can you know the law of attraction would really work well for you because of this um when we have all the planets on this side of the chart it means that our life is completely governed by fate. We have so many fated experiences and, and we almost can't make a decision for ourselves. The universe will always put us where it wants us to be. And either we're always fighting that or we just let go and let God. But for you, you've got the opposite because all the planets are here. You can make a choice. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it happen. Good or bad, it's, it's up to you. 
you in, you can you know create your life you can put things out into the vortex as abraham hicks would say and see it manifest so there's a great manifesting potential when we have this configuration that you have now most people have a blend of both so they've got a sort of a distribution uh, and a good astrologer would look at what's this distribution like um, a, a distribution of fate and free will in their chart but sometimes and it's quite rare you come across somebody like you who has everything in one side and I actually have everything in this side so my life is totally free I, I don't get a say I just have to do what I'm told <laughs> Um, and so for me, it was fated. Astrology was going to happen one way or the other. Um, and I just had to, you know, that's what I have to flow with. So um, it is fascinating in that sense. But another, well, just on that topic, something else that I'm seeing in your chart is that currently, see these green planets around the outside here, they, because uh, just Astrology 101, these little icons are the different planets and where they're located or where they were located when you were born but this is where they are currently right now as we're doing this reading and um and and you can see that all these planets are actually in the hemisphere of fate so that actually means that it doesn't mean just because you've got all this here that you're never going to have a fated experience in life um fated experience faded experiences in life will come to you and it's likely that you're experiencing them at the moment over the next perhaps even six months or so you might be having some sort of fated experiences that present themselves in your life and really transform things for you um, but that's because of this energetic placement of the planets the thing with your chart is that you have free will with how you respond to those fated experiences you can you know good or bad as i said it's up to you so some fated door might open. Do you step through it or not? It's your choice, you know. Fated, um, fate meets free will. It's quite exciting actually to see that happening. But the other thing that I love in your chart, like just, I just love it, is this point here. See this, it says SPIC. That is the fixed star speaker. Some people say spiker. It all depends on, you know, your pronunciation of where you come from. I say speaker. But speaker is the most angelic fixed star. It is, um, there's only five stars that actually sit on the ecliptic plane. The rest are all spread out throughout the heavens. Four of those stars, the fixed stars, were um, the ancient royal stars of Persia, um, and uh, so there were it's former heart regulus antares and um got to think Aldebaran. um but speaker is the other star it's not one of the four royal stars of persia but it is the most angelic star and it's sitting right on your ascendant here it's um so just to try and explain a bit of that tropical versus um, sidereal, you can see it's sitting in the sign of Libra because you're a Libra and rising person. This is the symbol for Libra here, and it's sitting within this framework of the Libra and 30 degrees. In, in um, sidereal astrology, speaker sits in the sign of Virgo. So that's, that's um, it configures the chart differently based on whether you use tropical or sidereal. Um, anyhow, having speaker on your ascendant ma makes you very angel-like, very spiritually oriented, potentially quite creative as well. Speaker can also at certain times in life when she gets an activation, you can actually um, create wealth for yourself because she is a wealth star as well. So at some point in life, you have the potential to generate prosperity for yourself. You may have already done so. I hope that's the case. <laughs> um, but speaker on the Ascendant is just so beautiful. She's very powerful. She's one of the brightest stars in the night sky. I love seeing that. Also, when I look at your chart, um, I can see that you've got Pluto here as well. This also gives you a tremendous um, ability to take your power back at some point in life. And this is what you were describing earlier. Pluto is a planet of regeneration and rebirth. When he is in the first house, this, this area of the chart represents you and your journey this lifetime. When he's in the first house, he is saying... In this lifetime, you're going to have to take your power back in some way. But usually there will be a loss of power at some, usually in the early part of life, 
that forces you to learn to stand on your own two feet and take your power back again. And you've described exactly that. The suppression in the early part. <laughs> the suppression in early part, that's what Pluto's all about. He he is quite a difficult planet. Like he he causes a lot of trouble, quite frankly. Um, he's the planet of the dark night of the soul. And if you're into mythology, you know he's the god of the underworld. So when we go into our underworld experiences, um, that's when we, we lose our power in those dark times. But in those dark times, we have the potential to take our power back and rise up again like the phoenix from the ashes. Pluto represents all that symbology. And the fact that it is so close to your ascendant means this is the journey of your life to experience that, to do that. Um, the, the really fascinating thing is that in very ancient mythologies, Pluto was known as the god of great wealth not just the god of wealth jupiter is the god of wealth but pluto the brother of jupiter in mythology is the ancient god of great wealth and that's why when you have jupiter and pluto as i said earlier connected together in the chart sitting together in the chart it's it's the signature for billionaires because great wealth meets wealth and boom, you're going to have something special happen in your life financially. Um, but uh, but Pluto here, back to what we're talking about, Pluto is the ancient god of great wealth. And what do we experience or what can we experience when we go through our underworld experiences? The great wealth of knowledge, the great wealth that comes to, you know, we, we, we don't wait awaken without going through a darkness, I feel. Um, we have to go through the darkness, Pluto, to get the jewels, to get the, the insight, the wisdom, the knowledge. And to me, like I said before, that awakening is so much more precious than anything else. I mean, all the money in the world can't buy what that awakening to the truth gives you. To me, that is great wealth. Yeah. And you only get it when you go through the, the dark night of the soul. And that's, the, that's one of the most deep and profound messages of Pluto so Pluto is very powerful in your chart and one of the biggest influences in your life and that's why you've had the journey that you've had and interestingly enough you can tell I get very excited doing people's readings but interestingly enough Natasha Pluto rules regression work and here you are as a regressionist doing you know looking into people's past going into that deep psychological stuff Pluto is like yep Absolutely. Shining the light and helping. Um, and when we shine the light into the basement of who we are, then, then there's no darkness. Like the darkness disappears and you'll transform it. And you get rid of all those cobwebs down there in the basement by bringing light to it. So I love that you've got that. That's a very powerful signature for you in the chart. Um, the north node of the moon is also very important. That's what um, the north and south node cause eclipses. And you have your north node in the most blessed house in the horoscope, which is the ninth house. The ninth house is about um, inspirational figures, gurus, teachers. And with the north node, that's what we're rising up into in life. It's our destiny. It's our um, it's where we're heading. Your north node is what we call in an exalted state. It's powerful. So when you get to around the age of 42, you're going to have a rocket launch into perhaps being something like a, a wisdom giver, teacher, guru, um, mentor to other people, uh, because that's what the ninth house is all about. So you're on the path to, to that already. But after the age of 42, when the uh, north node of the moon matures, that's when we really start to hit our stride with our destiny, our purpose, our mission. Very, very powerful and very, very beautiful placement that you've got going on there. Um, I don't know how much you want me to keep going. I only just looked at your chart, I must confess, about five minutes before we jumped on the call. So I'm just looking at, like going as I'm, I'm looking, telling you what I'm seeing. <laughs> That's here. Yeah, so it is. A, it's a beautiful chart, actually, for um, for what exactly what you're doing—the regression work, but but spirituality as well. Um, also, I'll point out the North Node in the um, the ninth house has to do with belief systems um, as well. But the ruler of the North Node, um, also the North Node's in Gemini, and the planet that rules Gemini is Mercury, and Mercury is very auspiciously positioned in the house, the twelfth house of 
how, how do I describe the house in the 12th house? It's such a profound house, but it has to do with psychology. It has to do with um, deep truths that come from the divine, the wisdom of the divine. So that is like, that, that is like my substance. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's incredibly spiritual, but not in a religious manner. This, this area of the chart has to do with, the wisdom and the truth of like esoterica and um, metaphysics and it's literally things- just what I breathe what you're yes describing. wow yeah so it is your destiny to be a wisdom giver a teacher and a, and a person of knowledge with those esoteric things um, and the, the spiritual metaphysical side of life um, I would also I need to just point out that the 12th house has to do with our past lives. It's the house of past lives and past life influences, including our ancestral, uh, not, not influences, but the ancestors, our spirit guides who are up there pulling the strings, you know, like um, our, our angels, if you want to call them that. Um, the, the 12th house has to do with those sorts of things as well. So the fact that you are interacting with those sorts of energies as a part of what you do, um, looking into past lives and the influences of past lives, it's it's all there like it is just so strong in your chart to be doing that sort of work Mm -hmm. as a part of not only what you are naturally gifted to do Pluto on the ascendant but also as a part of what your destiny is all about and your purpose for being here is all about so when you say well like how can astrology empower us basically what I find is that astrology reveals to us time and time again that we're on the path. We know what we're meant to be doing. We know who we really should be. Sometimes we're in denial and we're going down an opposite road that we feel society is expecting us to, to do. But if we get an astrology reading and it's like, oh yeah, that's that's me and and it's so true. And and um and then my God, that's so empowering to know that we're meant to be who we are and we don't have to deny it. In fact, we're thwarting ourselves when we deny our natural astro wiring. I mean, for you, it's imperative that you do this or else it it will feel like you just said, feel like you can't breathe if you can't be doing this stuff. You know, if you had to go down the corporate business route or something like that, it would be like death to you. My reaction even, it literally feels like death, like anything that's like the right path, (laughs) you know, the cubicle or whatever, just, yeah. yeah, wow. So astrology is just, it's so affirming. And in that sense, it's empowering because it's just solidifying who we at at our deep core level really know who we are and why we're here, you know, so it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you have a beautiful chart too. Um, You have um, the sun in Leo. So there, the sun is um, where we shine and how we get our confidence. And uh, it's in the 11th house, Natasha, the 11th house has to do with the internet. So one of the things you can do towards achieving your purpose and your mission is to be involved in shining on the internet. Um, Now, it doesn't necessarily say that you're going to have, uh, you know, what's um, Josh, um, um, Joe Rogan got 80 million followers or something like that. Like it's, it's not necessarily telling us that that's going to be the outcome, but it's saying that you can build your kingdom wherever the sun sits is where we can build our kingdom by reaching many people through the ability to shine a network over the uh, say the internet for example but the 11th house has to do with forming friendships forming big networks Um, it's it's a lot like a spider web the 11th house it's like you're connected to this person who's connected to this person who's connected to this person and it's being able to really build in sort of a, a, a networking fashion with friends and connections and and so forth and the internet is obviously a really powerful tool for doing that so that's why the internet is connected to the 11th house so yeah that's a that's another exciting thing that I can see playing out in your life um, right now (laughs) and it's just going to continue to grow as life progresses for you I might stop the share now and come back to I want to say that uh, that was my favorite astrology reading just saying (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) in front of me I'm serious um also um I remember um how long ago was this under 10 years ago I was looking at my own chart and I'm not in any way like a knowledgeable person when it comes to astrology like at all like just just this much you know enough (laughs) 
barely enough. Uh, and I just remember looking and I got really obsessed with the North nodes and South nodes back uh, a little under a decade ago. And I just got like, really, that just was calling to me because, you know, like kind of the direction of your soul. And it just, it just made me um, so interested in the fact that I had my North node in Gemini because like, technically I was so deeply in the, in the South node Sagittarius. And I was just like, well, okay, I, I guess it makes sense because I was absolutely obsessed with information gathering, mm -hmm. learning, understanding, and, and just gather, 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 gather. I was like, okay, I guess it makes sense because this is where I'm at right now. But yeah. I, was like, I was like, I can't even imagine going out there and, and sharing my knowledge, but I guess that's my path. But yeah. uh, it's interesting where I'm at right now. You're doing it. Because I'm literally doing it. And it's not like I'm trying, it's just where I progress to. And it's just- yeah astrology really genuinely blows my mind once you live and pay attention to yes. all of the clues and like hey here yeah that's right that's right it's it's undeniable when you like I said when you start looking undeniable. into it yeah and 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 this is the the power and the, the like the truths that that have been kept from us for hundreds of years now um, I'm so glad people are waking up to the reality of astrology again because it is empowering it is just so empowering for it for us all yeah. yeah so tell me a little more about your uh or tell me a little about your royal St stars academy oh i love my royal stars academy so i've i've just launched it earlier this year um uh, the because my passion is to teach astrology um and uh so i'm teaching astrology through the royal stars academy it's an opportunity for people who just want to perhaps learn the basics they can come and do the first level of my course um or if you want to become a certified astrologer under the guiding star brand um then you can do the there's four levels to the course there's introductory um intermediate advanced and professional practice so you can come and learn with me um, but at the moment I'm just offering the introductory level next year I'll be adding the intermediate the following year I'll be adding the advanced and then um, yeah so it's it's a, a seven month course um, so at the moment the introductory level is seven months long and people are able to um, to, to study at their own pace it's sort of through a, a number of videos and and um, note taking and that sort of thing, uh, some quizzes and what have you that that are involved in in that. Um, but we also have a, a meetup, a chat session once a month with all the students who are in the introductory level, where we can share what we've learned or ask questions if we don't understand something um, with me. So uh, yeah, it's it's been so much fun to have launched that this year. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving all my students. They're gorgeous people. <laughs> so okay. yeah. Yay. Thank you for sharing that. And Thank you for so, asking me. Of course. I mean, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is gold. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, other services and other ways for people to find you? Sure. So my website is guidingstarastrology.com. Um, the Royal Stars Academy is through Thinkific at the moment, um, and but you can find the link to it through guidingstarastrology.com as well. Um, and I offer, I'm currently about to go on holiday, so I'm not offering readings for the next three weeks, but after that, I'm back on board doing, doing readings. Um, so yeah, I do readings for people, but I also offer written reports. They're, they're a lot cheaper than my um, verbal readings because I think astrology should be available to everybody regardless of price point. So my written reports are really, they're about $20, um, oh. $20 to $40. So they're really, really good value. Um, yeah, uh, and so there's those two things that I offer. I also have an astro shop because, oh, I probably should show you. Um, I make... I make this is an astro wheel that I use in my teaching and it just shows where all the planets are and the signs and it's really it's a really good tool to help learn astrology so I make a smaller version of that that I sell through my shop um, as well for people as I said uh, I do work with a past life regressionist and a tarot reader and a meditation um, coach uh, through my site um, but I don't want to take anything away from what you do with your wonderful work. Um, in fact, we should collaborate at some point. Maybe we can talk about that later. 
Um, but yeah, there, so there's there's a, a wellness hub associated with Guiding Star Astrology too. So plus there's a number of webinars on there that you can take to just learn the basics of astrology, maybe learn how to read your own chart so that um, it all starts to make a bit more sense. Um, yeah, so there's lots of lots of goodies on on my website and of course my YouTube channel. It has um, currently there's about fifteen and a half thousand followers who tune in every week to get the reading for their particular sign. I love it. I love it. Mm. So uh, lastly, um, any advice that you could give to the collective at this point? Uh, oh wow, where do we start with that? Go and study astrology. There we <laughs> no, go. Um, yeah. Uh, really, I mean, I'd have to repeat Plato's adage of know thyself because that is, that's where it's at. You know, the, the deeper that you can, it's not about being self-obsessed. It's about just accepting who you are and, and loving who you are as you are, you know, let's say faults in inverted commas and all, you know, um, we're, we're here to experience life in this incarnation, the good, the bad, the shadow, the light. Let's just accept it and um and learn to know ourselves through every little facet of who we are um so yeah that would be my advice to the collective spend time to know thyself <laughs> and astrology is a great mechanism for doing that yeah and uh most people are confused anyway on, on this planet. so who are they to tell you that something's wrong or That's society right. to tell you something's wrong because society doesn't know jack i mean yeah <laughs> so true you know so true. <laughs> so true yeah all right my love thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and all the work that you do and um yeah i will definitely be reaching out and we'll talk more soon thank you natasha it's been so fun to join you here and we'll have to connect again and i'd love to have you on my channel at some point soon too yeah yeah thank you everybody so much for tuning in and i will see you next time bye for now bye